parenting is often described as an emotional roller coaster. It moves fast, it's filled with twists and turns, and one minute you're flying at the top of the hill totally loving it, and the next you're plummeting downhill completely losing your shit. Parenting can be hard, like really freaking hard, but it doesn't have to be lived in such extremes. It's possible to get off that roller coaster and create a space for your family that feels calm, balanced, and fun. This is where I want to help. I want to help you create that space between the extremes, the space where you're able to truly connect with your kids, find room for your own growth, and even enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Raising You and Me podcast, a place for parents to come, gather the tools to help you create your own version of heart-centered parenting in order to start connecting more meaningfully with your kids and yourself. Join me in conversations that will help lift your spirit, make you laugh, define your values, get clear on your goals for your family, and bring the joy back into parenting. All right, friends, let's go. Hi, friends. I'm so happy you're here today, and as always, I'm grateful that you're taking the time to listen. I hope you're doing well, and I hope that you're finding some moments of joy in the last part of this wild, bumpy year. As I'm recording this, it's the end of November, and that means that jingle bell season is here. And even though this year the holidays are going to be a different experience for most of us, there's still lots to celebrate, traditions that can still happen, and some feeling of familiarity. This is still the time of year that comes with a lot of excess. Excess food, excess toys... Lots of parties, although not this year. And for most parents I know, it brings up thoughts and worries about gratefulness in our children. Gratitude and teaching gratitude is one of those places where a lot of us feel a little lost. We know we want to instill that value in our children, but it's not as concrete as math or spelling, so we end up defaulting to demanding grateful behaviors or actions from our kids rather than teaching them how to actually feel grateful. True gratitude in itself isn't the act of saying thank you. That's a part of it, but it doesn't end there. I'm sure we've all been on the receiving end of a not-so-enthusiastic thank you. You know the ones I'm talking about. The act of thanking someone doesn't automatically create the feeling of gratitude. Don't get it twisted. I'm not suggesting that we should stop encouraging our kids to say thank you. Please and thank you are just basic manners. But... If we want to pass on a true sense of gratitude to our little ones, we have to shift the focus from unconsciously performing behaviors to actively creating grateful thoughts. Gratitude itself requires a great deal of thoughtfulness and reflection. It can only really be felt when we are wholeheartedly present in the moment. Think about it like this. You've most likely taken a shower thousands of times in your life. For most of those showers, your mind raced through your to-do list or you walked through that conversation from three days ago and came up with the perfect one-liner you wished you had said while you quickly washed and rinsed. My point here is that during those showers, we work on autopilot. We're just going through the motions. But you've also probably had a shower after a really hard workout or after you've been gardening and you're covered in dirt where you stood in the hot water and just leaned into how good it felt to be clean. You were just really happy to be in that experience. This is the same for gratitude and cultivating it in our kids. 
When we teach our kids that gratitude is a specific set of behaviors, we force them into that autopilot and they miss the chance to lean into the feeling of gratitude. Now, if we aren't teaching gratitude through actions, how do we do it? How do we cultivate that feeling of warmth and love and generosity and the feeling of being and having enough, especially during the holiday season? If we wanna create a real sense of gratitude in our kids, The best way to get there is by asking the right questions and modeling being grateful ourselves. Our kids are always watching and listening. So when we point out moments we are grateful and how grateful feels for us, it helps them reflect on times they felt the same way. So when we say something like, I'm just so grateful it's sunny today because it means we can go for an extra long bike ride and I love bike riding with you. Our kids connect that happy feeling with gratitude. Gratitude is a practice, which means that we're going to have to use all kinds of different methods to teach and expose our kids to the concept of gratitude to find what really cements the idea for them. And it's something that we'll have to continue doing over and over and over. At the beginning of the year, we purchased gratitude journals for our girls that we incorporated into their bedtime routine. The journals are kid-specific, so they're easy to use. They get to list three things they're thankful for, a person who brought them joy that day, there's little happy faces that show from smiley faces to frowny faces so they can circle how they were feeling that day, and then at the bottom, they can draw a picture of a favorite moment from the day. When we first started doing the journals, I usually went first to help them get thinking about their days, but also it gave me the chance to model that we can be grateful for people, experiences, feelings, and even obstacles that come up in our life and not just material things. So I would say things like, today I'm grateful for the trees in the backyard because I love the colors and listening to the birds in the morning. Or I love that you made your bed this morning. I'm grateful you're taking care of our home. I love that daddy always tells silly jokes that make me laugh. And then I'd also include material things just because those are fun. Things like, I love my new shoes or the red nail polish I'm wearing today. Building a gratitude practice for your family is an awesome idea, but it doesn't have to look like ours. If adding in one more thing to bedtime seems impossible or journaling isn't your thing, it doesn't have to be so formal. It doesn't have to be a written thing. You can look for these moments all throughout your day. When your little one is playing with a toy they really love, you can stop and say, you really love those Legos, huh? Isn't it cool we have so much to love in our life? Or after you grocery shop, you can say, I'm so happy we were able to buy all this yummy, healthy food. When you point out moments that you're grateful for and then model those grateful feelings, they're gonna connect to the joy they feel in that moment to gratitude. And then they'll start to look for it in their own everyday moments and be able to find it in their days. Whenever we're trying to teach really abstract concepts to little ones, the more fun and interactive we can make it, that will really help to cement the idea in their brains for them. A fun way to get kids thinking about gratitude is a gratitude scavenger hunt. You can feel free to make this all Pinteresty and beautiful and print out a list and with pictures and all of those things. If that's your jam, you rock on, you go for it. For me, I usually just go with the more simple route and I hand them their little toy digital cameras or even just my phone. And then I say things like, go take a picture of something that makes you happy. Can you take a picture of something that keeps you warm? What's something you like to eat? Can you find something you can be creative with or something you made? 
find something that's really beautiful to you. Where's your favorite spot in our house? Can you take a picture of a gift that someone gave you or a gift that you'd like to give? What's something that reminds you of your sister or one of your friends? What's something that you'd like to share with your sister? What's something in the house that makes you feel really loved? You can just keep going and ask them these kinds of questions. Then, once they've taken some pictures and they've found those things, we're able to sit and talk about what they took pictures of. Then I ask them, how do those things make you feel? Why'd you choose those things? And one of the really interesting questions that I like to ask here is, how did we get those things? You took pictures of books and warm clothes and you just got a new puzzle. How do you think we got those things in our home? How does that happen? This gets them starting to think about the process that happens before things end up in their home. The process of people picking them out for them or the process of working for those things. Don't stress too much about the answer they have to this question. A lot of kids won't understand this yet. The focus for this question is just to get them to start thinking about how things end up in your home. Don't expect them to fully understand it yet. If my dad was here right now, he would happily jump in and tell you the story of me when I was young. I was probably four years old and we were at some store. I'm not sure which one it was, but I really wanted this doll. I kept asking for this doll. They'd said no, and I continued to keep asking for it. Finally, my dad turned to me and said, Aaron, I didn't bring money for that doll. And the sassy four-year-old in me turned to him and said, Dad, you just go to the bank, push the buttons, and money comes out. Clearly, this is when they decided that they were going to have to start talking to me about money. But I'm telling you that story because kids aren't going to fully understand the concept and the nuance behind buying things and working for things and how we get things. So we only ask them this question to get them to start thinking about those things, not for them to understand it. Since we are coming up to the holidays and gift giving is such a big part of this for so many families, this is a great time to talk about why we give gifts and also take the opportunity to model generosity and intentional gift giving. Generosity and gratitude generally go hand in hand. Kids who are generous usually do so because they're content with what they have and are happy to share. When you start planning out who you're going to be buying for and your gift list for the year, bring them into that process of picking out gifts for others. Use it as a time to ask lots of questions. Why do people give gifts? Who are you excited to give a gift to this year? How do you feel when you give a gift? How do you feel when you get a gift? Why do you think you feel that way? Do you think other people feel the same way? Talk about the people you're planning to give gifts to this year and what they might like. When all those ads and toy catalogs come in, you can give them to your kids and instead of having them root through for what they want, you can ask them to see if there's anything in there that Papa might like or that one of their friends would really like. Then, once they've picked something, have them explain why they chose those things for that person. You can have conversations about things you can make to share with other people. And also the idea that gifts aren't necessarily always something that we buy from a store. Our time is one of the best gifts that we can give people. Experiences with each other is a wonderful gift. By playing games around gift giving, it helps to model to them how much thought and love people put into giving them gifts. One of the things I like to do when a little one shows me a gift someone has given them is to make a comment on the gift, but then to shift the focus to the act of giving. 
a couple days ago, one of the kids in my work came up all excited to show me her new hat. It was this super cute little wool hat with a pom-pom and I could tell that someone had knit it. So when she showed it to me, I said, that's a really cool hat. It looks like maybe someone made it for you. Am I right? And she nodded all excited and told me all about her aunt who had made it for her. This is the spot where you can shift the focus. Oh, wow, that's so thoughtful. Your aunt really wanted to make sure you stayed warm, so she took the time to make you a hat. I bet whenever you wear it, it makes you think of your aunt. She laughed and giggled when I said this and said, yeah. So this quick shift from talking about the actual thing that they were given, the material item, to the feeling and intention that went into the gift will help to start to plant those grateful thoughts. Another thing that comes with the excess of the holidays is the concept of enough. We all have that mental movie we can bring up in our mind of children crying because they wanted more or stomping around that they didn't get a specific thing. And I'm confident that I can speak for pretty much everyone when I say that no one wants to end up in that situation. A huge part of gratitude is being content with what you have, but between advertisements and toy stores and what seems like every other person asking, what do you want to get this year? Enough doesn't always seem like enough. This is another spot where figuring out what the right questions to ask are comes into play. Things like, what is enough? What does enough mean to you? How do you know when you have enough? When we have these conversations with our girls, they'll give us their answers, but then they'll often deflect back to me and ask what I think. So, usually I tell the girls that I believe enough is a decision and not an amount. I'm sure someone smarter and way more eloquent than me said this before me. I'm not sure where I heard this idea, but I do find it super, super effective. If enough is a decision, then we get to decide what enough is for ourselves, not for other people. We can say that two dolls is enough for us, and someone else can decide ten dolls is what works for them. Enough for us can look different than someone else's enough, and that's okay, because we all like different things and we all want different things from our life. When we decide what is enough for us, we also get to decide what's important to us and how we want to use our energy. If I'm spending time putting up 10 strings of Christmas lights because my neighbor has 10 strings of Christmas lights, but I really just want to plop in one of those projectors that covers your house in stars and call it a day, I'm not using my energy for what's important to me. I'm trying to get to someone else's enough. If enough is an amount, then it actually steals our ability to enjoy what we have because we'll always be trying to get more just so that we can get to that enough number, to that enough amount. When enough is a decision, it's dictated by our own needs and our own desires and our own values, so we're not striving for something outside of ourselves. Now, on an unrelated note, unrelated to kids and holidays and gratitude anyways, This idea can apply to so many things in our life. I'm probably going to do a whole podcast on this just alone, but how many times have you gotten to the end of the day and said, "Ugh, I didn't get enough done today? Enough is not an amount. You can decide that making sure your kids were fed and loved that day is enough. Enough isn't tied to how many things you get done in a day. As in all things parenting, gratitude conversations aren't a one-time thing. They aren't going to go over like an episode of Full House. Danny Tanner isn't going to give a three-minute heart-to-heart to to a sappy soundtrack and all of a sudden your kids stop asking for new toys. 
Even as adults, we all have moments where we lose perspective and are focused on what we don't have or only what we want. So to expect something different from our kids or to have higher expectations of our kids just isn't realistic. Our kids are no different. So make sure that your expectations match their understanding of gratitude. It's not a bad thing to want things. Gratitude isn't about never desiring more. It's about being able to find joy in where we are now and the experiences, people, and things we have now. And then being intentional about what we want to add into our lives and why we want to add it into our lives. Gratitude is definitely a practice. It's not a one and done situation. It's something that you're going to continually have to go over and reframe for your kids. If we really want to cultivate true gratitude in our kids, not performative behaviors, then we have to get intentional with the questions we're asking our kids. We have to create opportunities for our kids to practice gratitude. We ourselves have to stay open to having these conversations over and over and over again, and we need to model and practice it for ourselves. I know if we commit to this, our kids will shock us with how grateful they truly are. And who knows, maybe Danny Tanner will be calling you for pep talk advice. Keep that sappy soundtrack ready just in case. Thanks for being here, friends. Today, I am truly grateful for all of you. Stay safe. Talk soon.